Hello, everyone. My name is Illumide. And my name is Christy. And welcome to the Big Empty Purse podcast. This I will say, and if that person hears it on this podcast, because this happened recently, like some two weeks ago, I do not give a flying fuck. So, Christy, what have you been up to since the last episode? Had an interesting experience at a bar earlier this week. I'm in this bar down the street, place I go to all the time, and just there with some friends talking about what we usually talk about, which is like socialism and how capitalism is trash and this country is a mess. And, you know, it doesn't even like that's just like the usual. I wasn't even like angry about something like that's just dinner conversation. (laughs) Honestly, I wish I could remember exactly what we were talking about, given what happened later, which wasn't that big a deal except I'm convinced now in retrospect, it was not an accident. So we're just like hanging out. We have some food. We have a couple beers and the waitress comes over and our like drinks are mostly empty, but she doesn't ask if we want another round. She's just like one check or two. Okay. Uh, We were like debating whether or not to get another round anyways. It's like, oh, we're out drinking on a Monday. Maybe we shouldn't. So we're like, okay, that's fine. Bring the check. So like that was the first weird thing. We're like, oh, maybe they're closing soon. They're not closing soon. Like, oh, do they need the table? Like, no, the place is mostly empty. Anyway, we stay there a long time more, just like drinking water, hanging out after we paid the checks. We were just chatting. And all of a sudden we're sitting there and we hear proud to be an American playing. <laughs> like, and I'm proud right. to be an, an American, American but at least I know I'm free. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> so we like hear it over the radio and we're like, haha, they heard us talking. And then the song ends and it plays again. <laughs> it starts... <laughs> We were like, that is not a coincidence. Someone in here is pissed off at us. And they went over to that jukebox in the corner and they put on proud to be an American twice in a row. I love this. I mean, sorry to you guys, but this is this is petty and I enjoy this. It was so petty. (laughs) Just that moment when it started again. And I don't know. I don't know if the waitress was irritated with us or if she was just getting trouble from some like other customers who were irritated with us. I don't know. Sometimes I forget I'm in Virginia because I'm on the yellow line, but then I remember I am in Virginia. I see. Oh, I see. I see. I see. I mean, I look, remind me not to hang out around there because I mean, <laughs> they'd be even more upset with me. <laughs> it worked because you guys left, didn't you? After they played oh. it the second time, did you leave? No, we stayed there for another like 45 minutes just sitting there <laughs> talking about how someone in there was mad at us and how we were. <laughs> we were. <laughs> You fight petty with petty. That's what you do. She picked the right one. We were like, no, we're not going to have another round. We're going to sit here for an hour drinking our waters, talking about how America is I love trash. it. I love it. Please spend more money on the jukebox. <laughs> I also, for the first time in a long time, returned to the beautiful state of Connecticut. Oh, wow. <laughs> for a friend's wedding um, in New Haven, Connecticut. So home to Yale for those of you who don't know all of your Connecticut geography. So it was extremely Connecticut. Everything about it was so Connecticut. We went to a taco place and one of the tacos had truffle oil on them. Like it's so unnecessary and white people love them. And they do not go on tacos. They don't. It doesn't. It, no, it does not go on tacos. <laughs> when he said truffle oil, in my mind, it only registers as truffle butter. Oh, <laughs> 
the pillows in our hotel had the Yale crest sewn on them. Why does a standalone hotel have the Yale crest on it? Because it's near Yale. I don't think it's even officially affiliated with Yale. It's not like on their campus, but they had like pictures of the Yale bulldog in all the rooms and they had the crest like embroidered on the pillows. I mean, I guess there's just like nothing else worthwhile there. I don't know. I love that for them. And I guess for you too. I mean, I don't love it for me, but but the wedding was nice. <laughs> the wedding was really nice. The bride and groom actually like insisted on people getting vaccinated, which made it a lot better, <laughs> a lot lower stress. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, how was the weather? I don't know if it, like, it rained in Connecticut over the weekend, did it? It was beautiful, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. The the weather was like threatening thunderstorms and it was an outdoor ceremony, but no, turned out great. It was at like a... Oh, that's nice. <laughs> this was great. It was a beautiful wedding. It really was. But it was at a beach club. So we're out like on like this big field and it sort of like overlooks the beach, but it's a functioning beach club. Like, people are still, club members are still there for the beach. So, like, you can see over here, like, all of these people just in their beach clothes, in their chairs, hanging out, just, like, watching this wedding. (laughs) I love weddings, so I'm easy to please. I just want an open bar and a dance floor, and I want to, like, tear up at the vows or whatever, and, like... I'm I'm having a blast, so. <laughs> a simple creature. Would have been great if you had picked it up and put it somewhere other than Connecticut, but you can't have everything. It was a good time. What have I been up to? I have been going through it, <laughs> like you would suspect. First of all, these past few months have been difficult. Absolutely fucking nightmarish. The last three months, I need a holiday. This is way too much. But anyway, I've been going through it. No time for anything. I did, uh, one of my friends had a birthday and I should, I didn't even know how old he turned until I got to the party and people were like, oh, he's 39. I was like, what? Bear in mind, I was like, oh, this man is probably just turning 30, maybe 31 at most. Yeah. He looks younger than me. Oh God. This man turned 39. (gasps) And I was, I was very upset when I, first of all, the whole, like half the party had gone on without me realizing this and somebody blurted it out and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was mad as hell. You know what I love? The older you you get, the less doing there is about a birthday. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Because like, like when we were younger, we first turned like 22, 23. You go out in clubs, you bar hop, you drink, you do all that stuff. Like the next day, your, your back is hurting, your prostate is <laughs> Everything hurts. Now, yeah. we just pick like a, a lot of those apartment buildings have recreational space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, that's how they did it. They just had yeah. it in the recreational space. They had food brought in. They had like pre-mixed drinks. And they just had one of the friends with a great playlist put it on. And we just sat down. We just chatted. We, I was like, this is my yeah. speed. I can do this. And it was like nine minutes drive from me to a chef's kiss. Oh. Beautiful. I loved it. So shout out to my friend. Happy belated. That was fun. The other thing that I've been up to is I have been suffering from a crisis because there have been heavy rains in Baltimore for the past week. I think we've had three of them. One of them caught me in the middle of a bike ride. I was literally the ride started and the rain just started pouring. And I was like, God damn it. And I'm like, no, I can't stop. I'm already wet. I might as well finish the ride. That's one. But two, the other thing is like the bike that I have has a leather saddle for those of you who are going to recognize that that sounds like a bougie thing it is i'm not sorry about it i love my leather saddle and of course when the leather saddle gets wet when it gets to drying again it now takes a new shape of whatever it was when it was wet (laughs) and then you got to do a whole bunch of shit to condition it and stuff i was so mad i was like 
I need to invest in like cheap <laughs> bike seats <laughs> because like I can't have this happen. It happened twice, twice, mm. twice. I was caught in the rain. Two t- for the first time, I was actually riding the bicycle. The second time, I had put the bike on the rack on the car to go for a ride. And when I was driving back, it was raining while I was driving the bike. And I was like, the saddle, the <laughs> fucking saddle. So now I have to like do the thing where I get the saddle wax and conditioner. <laughs> she got like a shower cap for your bike seat. <laughs> I have well-made bike seat waterproof covers because i know i have a leather saddle the thing is when i'm riding the bike i don't have the the thing on it obviously i know but the thing is what i should have done is when i put it on the car i should have put the the seat cover the saddle cover on it but Mm. i wasn't thinking i just threw it on there and i was like "Ah, i'm just gonna drive home it's gonna be fine no (laughs) the rain caught me and i was like damn it so that happened twice but with the same in the same vein with the rain the window at home is street level because it's in the basement there was so much rain that i don't know how the rain got past the seals of the window and started pouring in and i was like what the fuck so now i'm out here like grabbing towels trying to wipe up the puddle finding tupperware to catch (laughs) oh my god i need this rain to be gone it just it was a mess it was a mess and i was actually like i didn't think about this at the moment but like my desk is right next to that window. So like luckily the water missed the computer and like mm. the, the, luckily, luckily. But like this could have been so much worse. So can this rain just not be so intense anymore because you're fucking my shit up. You're real <laughs> fucking my shit up. Yeah, I didn't mean to like you told me this and I didn't mean to be an asshole. <laughs> I like realized after I said it, I was like, oh man, that really sucks. Like, have you called maintenance yet? And then realized you're a homeowner, <laughs> so you are maintenance. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know how annoying that is? I mean, I have to say this like flat out. I want things to work the way they're intended to work. I, You know how you walk into somebody's house and like you go reach for something and it doesn't work? Mm-hmm. Or like you go, to, like I don't like that. Everything has to work the way it was intended. So when something breaks, I have to go out of my way to fix it. I don't like to just leave it. When I moved in, I realized that the entire roof of the house was installed incorrectly (laughs) within like three weeks of moving in. And I had to get a whole new roof. I was livid. I called the realtor, cursed her out, screamed at her. And then like, I eventually found like a contractor to do the roof, right? And the contractor did the roof. So luckily the roof no longer leaks. I kid you not, not even a full year after that, the basement was was flooding. And it wasn't flooding because of the rain came through like the window. It was flooding because I think the sump pump just stopped working and I didn't realize that it wasn't working. And then I just walked in. I was like, there's a puddle on the floor. What the fuck? And I looked behind like the the wall. The sump pump was overflowing. (laughs) And I was like, fuck. So this this part isn't actually funny because I called... So I called another contractor. I was like, okay, I need to fix the sump pump. And I just thought, okay, you know what? The actual sump pump might be the problem, the actual pump. So I was like, just replace the pump. So they replaced the pump. And literally two days later, it rained heavy again. The same thing happened. And I was like, so I called them like with a hissy fit. I was like, you guys just replaced the sump pump. Why is it still fucking flooding? And yada, yada, yada. They're like, okay, you know, we're going to send someone else out to look at it just to see. When they came back, they realized that, yes, you have a brand new sound pump, but the actual hole that holds the, uh, the whatever the material, the bucket or whatever that 
the stuff is supposed to pump out wasn't porous. So the first time that that was installed, that was also installed incorrectly. No. Because what they did is, so when you install, when you install a, God, I, I hate, this is what I mean, like, some contractors do such a shitty job, yeah. either either they're crunched for time or they just don't care, that it actually becomes an even bigger problem to fix later. Just do it the right way the first time around. And I know that I understand like a lot of contractors that do the home remodels, they want to turn the house around as fast as possible. So they do really fast work and it's never good work. So what they did was when they installed the sump pump, the bucket you're supposed to put in is supposed to be porous. That way when the water from underground seeps into the bucket then the pump can pump it out of the bucket what they did is they took an actual bucket that had no porosity about it and just stuck it straight to the ground what <laughs> happens is when that water tries to pull in that hole that the bucket is sitting in it pulls at the bottom of the bucket actually under the bucket i should say and then it starts lifting the bucket up slowly the more the pressure of the water builds, it lifts the bucket. So the bucket was sticking right out of the ground. There was a whole bunch of water under it. And then the sump pump couldn't pump that because it wasn't in the fucking bucket. So guess what? I had to pay them to get people to come with, what do you call the, um, that machine that breaks concrete? Jackhammer? Probably a jackhammer, yeah. They had to show up with one of those big jackhammers, go around to the sump pump area, break the hole. <laughs> install a whole new sump pump get cement to do it all over again that wasn't cheap that no. was not cheap oh. i was mad as hell no, like this is within two years of moving in i have had to fix those two big things and now i'm like i hope nothing else goes because like this is too much so that's been my week in addition to work and struggling and everything else so when i say i'm going through it i really am going through it <laughs> So whenever you see that the episode is like one or two days late, that's why. That's exactly why. I'm just struggling. So, sorry about it. On today's episode, we'll be discussing dating. You suggested dating, and I was like, I feel like we've already done dating. But we hadn't done dating. We had done breakups, which in my mind was yes. like the same. Okay. <laughs> I'm just like... We've discussed the most important part of dating, breakups. <laughs> dating, uh, whew, I mean, luckily I can step back and say this from a position of being married for several years, which is I'm very grateful because it is rough out in these streets. I can tell just from where I'm sitting. and It is rough. You know what? Let me corroborate that. Me still being in these streets, I'm sick of these streets. I'm sick of it. I would like to no longer be in these streets. It is a pain. <laughs> it really is a pain. I can't even articulate why it's a pain because everything about it is a pain. People are trash. And I think that's the crux of it. Yeah. People are trash. And if they're not trash, location is an issue. Like there's so many things that you have to consider. It feels like, for lack of a better word, in these streets, it's like mind games. Mm. And everybody's playing it. You know what I think is like ironic about this thing? The people who are still in the streets currently have been in the streets for so long that they've gotten so good at the mind games mm. what, what you would like to do is catch somebody who is new to the streets isn't with the mind games none of you are <laughs> playing mind games and you're just done and you both each just exit the streets the <laughs> issue is we've all been like for for those of us still in these streets we've been in here for so long that now we are doing jedi tricks like <laughs> and so, sometimes like 
I would like to think that I can play with the best of them. But sometimes even I get played and I'm like, you know what? I can't even be mad because that was a good play. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, these streets are rough. I don't love it out here. And that's that on that. Let's take a walk down memory lane to something that's probably not any better. Uh, Do you remember the first date you went on? Oh, shit. This is a good question. I don't actually. Oh, wait, you answer first and I'll see if I can think of what it was. Oh, my God. I actually do remember mine. God knows why, but I was 14 years old. (laughs) We went to the mall because where else would you go? (laughs) And we went to see a movie. It was Million Dollar Baby. Why? I don't know. I don't remember liking it very much. It was a surprisingly highbrow movie for a couple 14-year-olds on a date at the mall. So first dates at that age were just... uh, You have to get, like, picked up and, like, it just... Like, picked up and dropped off at the date. Like, it's just not the move. I didn't start dating that early, though. Mm. First of all, really strict parents. Extremely Mm. strict parents. I was not dating anything but when i did go to college i think i actually started and i had first of all i was i was so late to the game and (laughs) dating as a queer person Ooh. okay so i'll say this i started dating i think around college time Mm. and even then i remembered thinking why is this shit so complicated Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons why I realized it was so complicated is that all the queer people around the time where, you know, we were in college dating, everybody had such deep trauma that they hadn't even begun to address <laughs> that, like, mm-hmm. it was, we were all just connecting on a level of we're all fucked kind of trauma. <laughs> and a lot of it was very superficial meetings, like, you know, mm. either yeah. hookups or something else. It, it wasn't like... I'm trying to remember what the first date was. I honestly don't remember. I don't think I can tell you the moment in time when I was like, oh, this is the first one. Yeah. Shit. That's sad, I guess. But whatever. It is what it is. I mean, when you don't have a a memorable experience like seeing Million Dollar Baby at the mall, then... (laughs) (laughs) What else can you ask for? Um, I'm really trying to think, though. The dates weren't really, like... I think what it would be would be something like you meet them on the apps or whatever and you plan to meet mm-hmm. in real life or whatever. In your head, you don't register it as a date. You just register, oh, this is a cool person that I met online. I'm just going to go meet them in person. So in your head, you're not like, you know, the expectations of this is going to be a date. We're going to do this thing. We're gonna, you know, none of that. Like, And of course, it's not the case where you can go on a date and make it very obvious you're both on a date. It's not like you mm-hmm. both can go hold hands and that kind of stuff so it wasn't that it was just you either went out for drinks either you grabbed coffee if you guys were free during the day or you went out to a bar and got drinks later in the evening and you just chatted that was that on that it wasn't like a pulp production it was very (laughs) i feel like i've been on some dates like that that were like a lot more casual and some that were like a production like this is a date like capital D uh, date. I've never had that. Never? <laughs> Wait, let's re- let's retell that story about the person who who invited me to go see a movie at the film festival. Yes. And they invited someone else. And I invited you. That was a production for all the wrong reasons. But it yes. really wasn't. <laughs> If you don't know that story, go listen to our back catalog. We've told that story before. You'll have a better time listening to it there than us telling it again now. So that's that. It's a real treat. It really is. I'm so glad I got to experience that date slash non-date with you. Thank you again. That might be my worst date. Like... <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> by proxy oh my god isn't, oh my that, god. Sad? isn't that sad and the thing is the thing is i don't even think that cracks even my top 10 of terrible dates what what was your worst date i've already told the story about the guy who didn't even come into the date to meet me like they saw me oh. through the, the door of the restaurant and they left that one was annoying it was a white a white man <laughs> I'm shocked. And we went out to <laughs> dinner. I know it. And the entire dinner, they kept saying really off-color things, oh. racist things, the yeah. entire time. And I was just like, either I didn't have the mindset to just get up and leave, because I stayed through the whole thing. Hmm. But and I knew in my mind, like, oh, I'm never seeing this person again. But I didn't get up and leave. Hmm. And now, I, like, I wish I had gotten up to leave. That was terrible. Yeah, oh. if I if I catch that if I catch that motherfucker in these streets, like this is some twelve years after I'm still I'm gonna beat his ass. <laughs> Beating his ass. <laughs> <laughs> was he saying them like as if they were funny or was he just I don't know, none of them are better, but like <laughs> both. It's almost like that the person was curious, maybe they had never like dated a black person. Oh god. Yeah. And of course and then they'd say stuff like how I wasn't like other black people people but then they'd further talk trash about black people and i'd be like what the fuck that has happened you know what has also happened me going on a date with black people who have then accused me of being too white oh no and that also actually i feel like that one hurts more Hmm. that one hurts more i i have like a collection of terrible dates but none of them have been memorable they've just been like yeah gross and then i just never see the person again and that's that on that same lots of non-memorable just meh dates like that was a waste of my time but i hate when you go on one of those dates and you have the distinct feeling like that was a waste of my time and i didn't enjoy it and the other person is like that was a good experience for them that was great have you ever had like what i was like what date were you on because i was bored and irritated like what (laughs) the one thing that annoys me is because on a date, the whole point is, at the very base, a decent conversation. Mm-hmm. The experience is secondary to the decent conversation. That, right. And you can tell when someone, like, the elevator doesn't go all the way up. <laughs> they don't really, they're not thoughtful people. They're just, bleh. Yeah. And then they'll say stuff like, oh, you and I are very similar. <laughs> yeah. A fire starting in my heart. Reaching a fever peak and bringing me out the dark. I'm like... What about any of this interaction tells you that I'm like you? I, I'm sorry. Oh, God. At least for me. I can't speak for everybody. But for me, I think I feel this need to, like, because I am sort of trying to, like, impress the person and, like, you know, hide if I'm, like, nervous or whatever. But, like, put on this, like, I'm having a really good time, regardless of whether or not I'm having a good time. <laughs> like, I feel like I'm hurting the person's feelings if I'm, like showing that I'm really bored and like and there's like there's good things about that and bad things about that I guess you know there's no need to be like unnecessarily like rude but at the same time like it is like giving someone a very false impression and not actually just being honest about how I'm feeling which is like the basis of any sort of good conversation so I don't give (laughs) I've learned to stop giving people credit in terms of like overestimating their intelligence (laughs) yeah so I usually I, I've stopped just assuming that the person can tell. So what I'll do is I'll try to make, not like a mean-spirited joke, but I'll try to make 
a mm. general haha like <laughs> this is <laughs> but like sometimes even they don't pick that up and i'm just gonna be like yeah. how am i getting out of this i've been on dates and i'm like i would like to leave like if my phone rang which by the way my phone never rings because i've never taken my phone off silent in my life no me like i would love for my phone to ring right now and somebody to call me and say but the thing is people who know me don't even call me so i can't even depend on that like <laughs> But yeah, no, sometimes I've been like, I would like to leave this. I would love to leave here now. Yeah, there needs to be like a, like on your, like on your watch or something, like press a button and it gives you like a fake emergency call. <laughs> if there's an app for this, somebody needs to tell me about that because I would yeah. get it. I would get it. Yes. Oh, you know what? I will tell you one of this, I will say. And if that person hears it on this podcast, because this happened recently, like some two weeks ago, I do not give a flying fuck. So, would it, I wouldn't even, maybe a, a date, a non-date, I don't know. I went over to this person's place, and we were just going to chill and watch a movie, blah, blah, blah. And we were just cuddling on their couch watching a movie. Mm-hmm. And then I told them when I arrived, like, okay, around this time, I'm going to leave. And I explained to them, I was like, oh, I'm sorry, like, it, it's, dude, I don't mean to, like, put you on a clock or anything. <laughs> but right. the way my life is set up, like, I have stuff to do. And I was over there, and the person thought it would be a cute idea because the person was like oh i don't you can just stay you don't have to leave i was like actually though i do and what the person did is while we we're cuddling they just laid on top of me and i was like okay it's time for me to go and they just wouldn't get up and the person weighs at uh. least 20 pounds no weighs 20 something pounds more than i do i couldn't lift them off oh my god and i like i felt myself starting to like get very angry extremely angry like oh fuming god. angry like this is entrapment i said get the fuck off of me but you can't say stuff like that which I should have, honestly. So I kept being like, okay, come on. You got to help me out here. I can't lift you by myself. You got to do some part of it. They stayed on me for at least another 17 minutes. Oh. And I was looking at my watch like, I actually have to go. Like, there are deadlines that I must meet. You have to get off of me. When I got, when I finally got up, I deleted that person's number, blocked him. Yeah. You're never going to see me again. That's terrible. Like, terrible behavior. What the fuck did you... That's not cute. That's no. not funny. That doesn't let me know that you like me. You don't want me to leave. That's very stupid. Yeah. Extremely stupid. So if you're one of those people who do, if somebody tells you that they have to leave, let them fucking leave. Yeah. Like that really annoyed me. That I can't tell you. I don't think I've been that angry this whole year. Like dumb stuff has happened this whole year, but that took, takes the cake. Easy. Oh. Easy. Oh. I was upset. I'm so sorry. Oh. And this is the other thing I was thinking. I was like, I know a lot of people can like, fake busy to seem more important than they are i'm the opposite i don't want to be important yeah. i want to be so unbusy <laughs> that i'm doing absolutely nothing so if i actually have to vocalize that i have to do something it's because i couldn't find a way to not do it mm-hmm. it's because it's actually very important that i do i could not find a way to not do it yeah i don't know why i don't know why guys think that's funny like if they like or it's cute yeah i get it you don't want me to leave just say oh I really wish you wouldn't leave. I wish you would stay longer. But like maybe next time you could stay longer. Yeah. But yeah. like physically trapping me in your fucking apartment. That's scary, honestly. Like that's gross. I know. Scary. I, yeah. So Never seen this person again. Never. Yeah. And if you'd seen them a few times, like I know, like, but I, I mean, I think I would do this on any first date, but like, and, and it's tough because you said it wasn't even a first date, but I know definitely for a first date, it is in a public place with lots of people around. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's in a place I know, and I have a hard stop. 
Like there is a time when I have to leave something set in stone. It's an appointment. It's something like I tell you up front, like I have to leave at this time. And like if the date goes right. well, it's like we get right. to the end of that time and I'm like, oh, I wish I didn't have to leave. Like, but I still leave because like it's not like it's a real <laughs> it's a real hard stop. Like, yeah, <laughs> I don't even yeah. give myself out. Like, yeah. no, like, yeah, usually if no one's giving me red flags after that, I'll I'll progress to other things. But yeah, you can't. You can't trust. I mean, you can't trust people, but you especially can't trust men. No, really. You should not. You must not. You cannot. No. If you've met me a few times before that, I don't think, like, you know how people, um, which is the other thing that I don't like about dating, people put forward their best version of themselves when you first meet them. Mm. I don't do that shit. I do not do that. <laughs> the piece of shit you get on day one is a piece of shit you, <laughs> what you see is what you get. I don't, and I, I, I I go out of my way to make sure that, oh, no, 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 this is how I am. If you can handle it on day one, it's not going to get much worse than this. This is it. <laughs> so, like, like I, this person just knows that I'm a very nervous energy type person. And I'm always, like, thinking about the next thing that I have to do. There's a whole bunch of stuff on my to-do list. This is what it is. And I told this person, like, you know, nope, this person just thought it was a good idea. I don't know if they reasoned it to say, like, oh, they're going to be the person to you know teach me how to slow down in life my dear fuck that you i haven't reached a point in my life where i can't slow down. i can't afford to slow down do you think i want to be fucking going like a fucking jackrabbit the rest of my life <laughs> i would like to slow down but this is not the time and especially if i already told you that i have deadlines to meet even me being here in the first place is a show of good faith that i want to spend time with you that i'm not yeah. willing to just be like no fuck it yeah, like i'm like oh i'm going to show up but like just so you know i actually have stuff to do and i would like to leave at this time and then trapping no oh my god no i'm getting upset yeah. again but anyway that was that on that no. yeah usually i take that as like a a sign that someone really does want to spend time with me because like we're all busy like everybody's lives are like if you're an interesting person your life is probably busy so like when right. you say like <laughs> oh i only have two hours but i really want to squeeze in some time to see you like I mean, I, I want to respect your time and I'm like, I'm happy you want to spend some time with me. But like to not respect right. like needing to leave like that's so the worst date I've ever been on um, was with someone I'd been dating for a while. And it was actually like an overnight. It was sort of like a mini getaway thing. Um, mm. And it would have been like a mediocre bad date anyway, I think. But it became a really bad date because of something that happened right at the beginning, which was me and this guy I was dating were going to go on an overnight to Virginia Beach. Just before we left, he had like a little work thing. Like it was all him and all his coworkers. I think we were in college at the time. So it was like a fun thing where we would go to this trampoline park, which first of all, not my thing. I know people love those. Mm. Uh, not my thing. Went to this trampoline park. He tried to get cute and do a front flip and knocked both of his front two teeth out. No, 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 no. <laughs> Hit himself no, in the face no. with his knee and knocked both both of his front two teeth clean out. out. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> he looks up at me and he was like sort of in shock and was like, uh, is it bad? And I'm like, he's got no front teeth. 
Of course like, it's bad. You knocked your oh. teeth out. So he knocks his teeth out. So we have to go find like an emergency dentist appointment. They like fix him back in apparently with teeth. If it hasn't been too long, they just like shove him back up in there and like sort of glue everything together. And like, you're supposed to just let it heal, which is great. But it's like, you have to wait for them to like heal and reattach. So he had like all of this shit in his mouth. He's on like pain meds. He's... <laughs> And I'm like, we're not, we're not going on this overnight trip. Like, you just can't, you don't go from an emergency dentist appointment to a beach trip. Like, no. Don't over, yeah. But he was like insistent, like, no, 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 we're still gonna go on the trip. We're gonna have fun. We did not have fun. Of course. <laughs> we did not have fun. <laughs> it was awful. We had like a nice dinner plan. He couldn't eat anything. He was on pain meds. He was grouchy. The weather was bad. He was like not the type of person who could relax even under like good circumstances. So like these were not good circumstances to relax. Like it was just bad beginning to end. I think we broke up like two weeks so later. Sorry. It wasn't just because yeah, of that trip, yeah, that but tracks. I think that might have sped it along. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that tracks. Oh my god! Why did this person insist on doing this? They were I feel like this is knocking your teeth out and having to get an emergency d- d- dentist appointment and all that kind of stuff is a perfect excuse to not go on a getaway day. Yeah, they should have just stayed. No, the universe is telling you. <laughs> Slow the fuck down. I know. Like, <laughs> you just knocked your teeth out. Well, yeah. I don't like, though, when somebody says, let's go on a date and let's go hike up this ridiculously tall mountain. <laughs> One time somebody said, um, let's uh, let's go to the beach and we'll swim in the water. You know I can't swim. <laughs> it's like, my dear, I don't care. We're not doing that. I, oh, it's not God. something that I want to do. There's also, like, not, like, obviously, like, this is an overnight trip. We've got a hotel together. It's like trying to be sexy at one point i was like i'm sorry but i just saw you with no front teeth like eight hours ago i do not find you sexy right now that's not fair but it's just true because <laughs> there are some things where like you're you know you're on a date or you're together and something goes really wrong and like it is like a bonding experience sometimes like if you are already sort of vibing with the person and just like it becomes like a funny thing mm. and a good story and, and yada yada but yeah this was not one of those it times one of the days that I went with when we were in Pittsburgh is we went to see this scary movie, <laughs> which I don't know why I agreed to do this because I don't like scary movies. This is <laughs> terrible. And it wasn't one of those like psychological thrillers. This was a jump scare movie. And I get really scared. So what I did is I like was clutching this person's arm for dear life. Like every time a jump scare <laughs> happened, I would just grab the hand. And this person thought it was really cute and they thought I was really into them because of that. <laughs> And that just opened a whole new can of worms. They became stalkerish after that. I was oh, like, no. Uh, <laughs> no, really, they became stalkerish because they knew where I lived. Oh, no. I, it was wild. I couldn't shake this person for months. I think picnics are an underrated date. Yes. Yeah. It's like, it's not super expensive, but you still get like time to sit and talk. You can like make things that are kind of special or like pick out some of your favorite things like you can go somewhere nice and then like picnics picnics are like just janky enough where like things will like go wrong but it's still on the level of being funny like you know something will spill or like ants will get on something like something that's like break the tension but it's not like a big thing i'm a i'm a proponent of picnics now that you said that 
I, I, I agree. Like, I, well, as soon as you said that, I remembered one of my favorite dates. It's, it's actually, I think it was around 2015, 2016. There's this guy, he's Ghanaian, still one of my favorite people, even though I don't talk to him anymore. Like, I'm sure he, he'll be surprised to hear that I think he's one of my favorite people. I'm sure he thinks I hate him, but I don't. He's such a sweet guy. And the first time we ever hung out, he was like, let's go for a picnic. And I did what I always do. I was like, you want me to be out in nature for a fucking picnic? And he was like, well, if you don't want to, we can pick something else. But he was like, I actually already planned it. I'm just asking you. So we can do it. And if it doesn't work, you know, we'll pack up and go somewhere else. And I felt like such an asshole after I said that. So we went. I didn't actually want the picnic to end because we just sat there. He had exactly all the junk food that I like. And we were just chatting, sitting. He had like some wine I didn't like. And of course, I I roasted the wine for at least 20 minutes. And that actually was like, you know what? You're right. I don't like this wine too. I just picked it off the shelf. And then that was fun. We, We had a really good conversation. And I ended up dating him for like many months after that. Many, like a few months after that. That was A plus, 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 plus. Like that was a great one. But yeah, no, I agree. Picnic dates are great. So how do you find people to date? A lot of people like know people or they go out. I do not. I'm very much antisocial most <laughs> of the time. So it's usually like on the like on the apps. Like you swipe, mm-hmm. you find people. If you guys talk for maybe more than one 24-hour period you're like all right sure let's meet and if they're down to meet you meet and then that becomes like that becomes the date yeah that's typically how i've done it i don't love that i would like to meet people that i get along with organically but i would have to leave home (laughs) to meet them and i don't leave home how did you find people to date um so i don't recommend this method but usually I would just like be friends with someone and then decide to catch feelings with, for them and then like fuck up all my friendships. So <laughs> zero out of 10 <laughs> would not recommend. <laughs> I mean, I think I think sometimes it is nice when like, you know, a friendship blossoms into a romance or whatever. It can also not work. And uh, it didn't work for me a lot of times. I agree with that, that, that it doesn't work. I have had friends that I've caught feelings for. As a rule, I try not to have regrets later for things that I didn't say or didn't do. I'd rather mm. say it and then regret saying it than not mm. do or not say it and then regret that. It's so much better. I'm like, okay, hindsight, we'll figure it out next time. But if I've never done it, I'm like, so if I like somebody and we've been friends and I'm catching feelings in the middle of a conversation, like we're talking about something else, and I'm like, this is a terrible time for me to tell them I like them. But you know what? If I don't do it now, I'll regret not doing it now because that's how my brain works. And I'm like, you know what? Topic change. I like you. <laughs> and then the, the, the what, what ends up happening is that person gets caught off guard. And I usually like, you know, because I'm not an unfair person, I'm like, you don't have to respond to that right now. And that usually ends up like in rejection because first of all the shock and then if they're not into it i give them enough time to then reject later one time i did that oh my god (laughs) i wanted to i wanted the floor to open up and swallow me soon after because i did it and the person was like uh didn't you know i'm already in a relationship and i was like what (laughs) (laughs) i didn't know i didn't i was friends with this person for so long that i did not know they were in a relationship and i was like oh (laughs) (laughs) so that didn't go so well i don't recommend that 
Yeah, I actually just like total happenstance met my husband like right right before, like right as dating apps were getting popular. So I never really used them, which I feel very fortunate mm. for. I know if I were dating now, that's almost certainly how I would do it. Like I don't go out and meet people. Even if I go out, I don't meet people because then I would have to just like talk to a stranger, right. which like absolutely not. You know, the funny thing is I was at one of our, our like the, the running thing where I bike at whatever. And there was this guy who was new to the thing and he was there and he kept staring at me and smiling. And I was like, is he having a stroke? And I was talking to my cousin. I was like, he's doing it. And he, she was like, oh, he, he likes you. He's trying to talk to you. And I was like, oh, because he like, I, I like, he walked by and he goes, hello. And of course, me, I looked up. I was like, hi. And then that was the end of it. Like, I didn't follow up or anything. And she was like, you should probably follow up. I've been to that running thing a second time after seeing him, didn't follow up. So I'm sure he probably thinks I don't like him. Which, in my speech, I can be abrasive. Mm. And it's not because I mean to be a terrible person. It's just the way I think things, I go with the path of most expediency. I don't have a lot of patience. So if I say it, I'll, I'll rather say it and then if you have an issue with it, we can like double back and like fix it and like narrow <laughs> it down. But me just, you know, trying to find a hundred million words to say this one thing, I'm like, no, let's just say it and be done with it. Right. But what I'm not, though, is unapproachable. But apparently people look at me and they think I'm unapproachable. Hmm. That blows my mind. Hmm. Like you see me in public and I, how do I look unapproachable? I. <laughs> Which I've now started making, because I, I, I've noticed this, I've started making a concerted effort to not wear sunglasses hmm. in public. Like, if I have them on, and like, if I'm, if I'm, like, not staring directly at the sun, I'll just put them on my head. That way people can at least see my eyes. And huh. I try not to have headphones in for as long as possible. Just so, you know, if people need to get my attention for something, they don't feel as though they're bothering me. But the thing is, like, I'm not unapproachable. You could literally stop me on the street or whatever. I'll have a full-on five-minute conversation with you. And if I really have to go, I'll just be like, you know what? This has been great, but I really have to go. I don't know, because uh, I am unapproachable. I am purposefully unapproachable. And uh, I've got it down to a science. I do not want to be approached. The One of the few good things about the Panama Canal has been the masks. Oh, when I tell you being able to go out in the mask, sunglasses, and earphones... Perfect. The trifecta. That is exactly what I want. <laughs> I want as many signs as possible yeah. that I do not want to talk to you, which is why I would never meet someone. Like, God forbid. Yeah. <laughs> I got to make this marriage work because uh, <laughs> it would not be. It would not be good for me. If it's a what, like, there's nobody else around. I'm not overwhelmed by the sheer number of people around, and it's just us two. If you start a conversation. I'll, I'll figure out a way to trick myself into be engaging enough to keep it going. But mm. if, if I'm already in a place and there's so many people around and you single me out out of everyone to talk to, there's something about that social interaction that's weird for me. Like, I can't just jump in and be engaging. Like, you would have to at least ask two or three follow-up questions for me to catch on to be like, oh, I have to put in the work to actually be engaging in this. Because in my mind, I think what I'm realizing is that, oh, Maybe you're just trying to mingle and you just want to say hello to me and then like go ahead and say hello to everybody else. How is dating different for queer people than straight people? This is going to be the crux of this episode. The crux of it. <laughs> when I tell you something, I, I've seen straight people date and I'm like, that shit looks easy. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? I don't yeah. like. I don't know how else to say it because there's already society norms that are already it's baked in. Mm-hmm. The guy chases the girl. The guy asks the girl. The girl just has to say yes or no. And if the girl says yes, this is how they proceed. Like typically, you know, they'll be like no sex for three dates, and then whatever that nonsense that people say. And then you know if you really like them to date after three weeks to go long term, that kind of stuff. And then around like week four, they ask you officially. If you want to, okay, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Queer dating, it's a, it's a fucking wild west. It's a wild west. <laughs> because who's going to ask who out? We can both like each other and be staring at each other. Yeah. <laughs> who's going to pipe up and say the first thing? Yeah. Now that I'm getting older, I've just been like, you know what? If I like somebody, I just go ahead and shoot my shot. Like, because I can't sit here waiting all day for you to shoot your shot. Because if if you if you assume that I'm the one who's gonna do it, and I assume that you're the one who's gonna do it, then we just both sit here like, yeah. How how is dating as a straight person? <laughs> I know you're not straight, but like, how is heterosexual dating? We'll put it that way. No, but I mean, as a as someone who is b- bisexual, essentially, like I have experienced both the worlds of like straight dating like me a cis woman going out with a cis man and queer dating and uh ooh night and day straight dating is so easy it's so easy which is like unfortunate because it's also usually worse <laughs> but it's like there are those like very expected <laughs> patterns so like even if i like want to split like the check like we both know like the expectation is the guy will pay so i will specifically s- speak up and say let's split it but like because we're starting from a place of an assumption like it's it's easier to know what the other person is thinking and how to like go from there right first of all I girls see. like from the very first step i can't tell when a girl is flirting with me and i don't know how to like communicate to another girl that i'm flirting with them because like (laughs) women are so like i mean conditioned as part of it and also just like friendly especially to other women there's like a lot of camaraderie they're like a lot more comfortable with like physical contact with other women and it is so hard to tell (laughs) it's so hard to tell when a girl is flirting with me i'll find out later and be like oh my god i wish i'd known i thought she was just being friendly or the opposite where i'm feeling like i'm coming on strong like i'm feeling like i'm giving you all the signals i'm like please i'm (laughs) i'm gay i'm interested in you i'm flirting with you (laughs) and they're just it's just like they're like oh you're such a good friend i'm like i don't want to be a good friend (laughs) i want to go out with you i don't (laughs) i don't want to be a good friend Which is why I prefer the apps. Mm-hmm. Literally. Yeah. If I jump inside somebody's inbox, very clear. I start the sentence by saying, I am here to shoot my shot. <laughs> whatever happens after that, you know why I came here. <laughs> if we flirt, whatever, you know why I came here. You know. I've told you. I'm here to shoot my shot. Yeah. But like, if you meet someone out and about, it's not the case that I'm afraid of rejection, but I'm a just I'm more afraid of making someone uncomfortable mm-hmm. because I because the problem is most people would not reject. They would just stew in the discomfort. Yeah. And I don't want to put somebody through. Maybe they were having a decent night before I came along. Just like, hi, how are you? I like your shoes. You know, this weather, huh? Yeah. <laughs> What are you drinking? Right. <laughs> oh, can I get you another one? That, that kind of like thing that you you could build the discomfort for them. I don't like that. I don't want to be the person who is responsible for that. So I just try not to just in-person interactions. I, I keep that too. But over text, I wild out. I'm wilding. Because <laughs> what you're going to do is text. Just go ahead and block me. It's easy. <laughs> I, 
Or you know what's even more complicated? But a lot of queer people have alternative relationships. So they could already be in an open relationship or they could be polyamorous or they could be X, Y, and Z. So whenever you meet a new person, you just have to, you know, bob and weave in. Because you can't just flat out ask them, do you have a boyfriend already? Or like, (laughs) are you, you know, or are you, you know, that kind of stuff. You just have to get a, and the thing is like, and if they do tell you and maybe there's something you're not comfortable with or you are comfortable with, like then if you are comfortable with it, then you then have to meet at some, or maybe not, maybe not necessarily immediately, but you will know about their other person. Mm-hmm. And then now you wonder what that other person thinks of you. It, yeah. The whole thing is just, you know, there's a whole bunch of bobbing and weaving you got to do and just shuck and jive, <laughs> whatever. Yep. Um, I don't. That is the nice thing about, like, as trash as they are, it's nice in the apps when they're like, hi, I'm such and such. I'm interested in people of these genders. I'm ethically non-monogamous. And da 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 And, like, hit me up. And it's like, it's all right there. If you don't like when it, then I love swipe it. away. <laughs> this is why online dating, for me, works. I think there's very much of it that you can just intuitively see and just get your bearings quickly. Mm-hmm. But if you, if you have to, in the social interaction, figure that out, oh my God, it's not easy. Sometimes you meet someone else and the idea of dating is different, especially in the queer community. What they consider dating is not what maybe you consider dating. Some people will say, oh, the idea of dating is we're going to talk for three months. One time I, I was, this person, we were talking for, I think, maybe even a month and I'm like, oh, you know, I really like you. I like you even more than I did week one when I met you. They say it back. And then I'm like, all right, do you want to date, make this official, whatever? I asked that question. And they were like, oh, I thought we were still in the talking stage. <laughs> What's left to say? What is left to say? We have said everything. It's month one. What do you want to keep talking about? Are we doing this or are we not? <laughs> like... But this is the thing, like, in the queer community, there's just, just, there's so much room for different interpretations of what people consider, you know, a decent time frame or not. Yeah, it is all over the place. It's like there are, I mean, not to say that this is, like, not true for straight people, but I think the range is even wider with, like, queer people. Like, I know I see memes about lesbians all the time. It's like, met two weeks ago and getting married this week. Like, (laughs) like, (laughs) and others who just, like, are just so unsure and will take, like, ages and ages. When I see people who, you know, on their profile, they say, oh, I'm just, I I go based off of vibes, that word again, or they'll say some shit like, I'm just going with the flow. Those people, even if I'm attracted to them, I avoid them. They will waste your time. They, that's, that's code for, I'm going to waste your time. Because if you're going with vibes, what the fuck does that mean? What does that mean? Waste your time. Because going with vibes, going with the flow. I like people who on their profile will say, will say something like, oh, I'm interested in X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Very, either specific enough that I know what, because what's going to end up happening, like, you're going to waste my time. Yeah. Like, and the thing is, if, if you say X, and I know I'm not X, we're, that's the end of that now. Mm-hmm. Because what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to try to convince you that what you said is not what you want. If I meet you and you say you're just here for a good time, I believe you. Because I'm not going to then double back, catch feelings, and then wonder why you don't love me. <laughs> if you say you are for the streets when we meet, and I know that's your vibe, we're not. I'm not going to waste time mm-hmm. assuming that this is going to be something more. Yeah, I, you're in the streets. You said you were in the streets. That's what you said, right? All right. Even if you then double back and then you catch feelings, how is that my problem? <laughs> what you said was you were in the streets. I'm operating 
under the assumption that we are both in these streets. <laughs> if you change your mind, that's not my problem. <laughs> It's, I think that's that's very it. And I know people who like get in like some you know hot water about like they meet somebody they thought they were in the streets and then that person caught feelings and then they realize, oh shit. There's also with queer people and like I, I mean, I had plenty of firsthand experience with this of like, especially it's less so as we get older, but dating as a queer person when you're younger, like there's a lot of people in various stages of still like coming out to others and themselves. And that makes things real complicated. <laughs> yeah, I know I felt like I didn't even like even once I like realized I was bisexual and later like pansexual, I had a really hard time dating women because I was like, I don't want to I felt like I was putting so much baggage on them of like, I'm still trying to unpack all of this. And like, I don't, you know, I don't want you to be my therapist. I don't want you to be my gay coach. Like I... <laughs> But but as a result, right. I just kept dating men, which is like, because it's like easy. It's like so easy. You, you just like right. walk out there and like ring a bell and they show up. Like, but they get- <laughs> <laughs> you ring a bell. <laughs> I don't think it's fair for me to rush anybody on their journey. Journey, mm-hmm. but I do think that the coming out thing, especially not. I don't care if you come out to everybody else. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I know. I need to know that that person is comfortable with themselves whatever the version of themselves at that moment. Yeah. They have to be 100%. If they're not, it's very obvious. You know, I again, yeah. again, I'm not one person who's in for the PDA, public space of affection. I don't do that. And I'm not here as like, this is the person I'm dating. That nonsense. No. <laughs> no, I don't love that. But, but however, what I will not tolerate is somebody who's DL who doesn't want to do those things because they don't want other people to know. Mm, yeah. If that makes sense. And I meet a lot of people. I'm like, you're a great person. But you're dating them and they have roommates that don't even know that they're gay. And when you go over to their place, there's a whole bunch of acting that now you have to do. Mm, Yeah. I don't think anybody who's ever met me has been, I don't know, confused about my queerness. It's very (laughs) clear. It's clear. It's clear. I don't think that there's... It's very clear, right? But the thing is, like, you meet people and then they're like, oh, like, all right, well, bye. Because the thing is, I've worked very hard to be comfortable with myself. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to backtrack just so I can be at your level so we can be together. I don't have the patience for that. This, mm-hmm. I paid my dues. I paid my fucking dues. We're done with that. And you know what I've realized even as I'm getting older? We'll talk. This is a good segue to the next question. But like, even as I'm getting older is I relate more to the people who are younger than me. Hmm. It's like this weird thing that a lot of people my age have had such trouble unpacking their queerness that i can't really mess with that but the young people have no issues with it ah yeah so but the thing is in terms of you know maturity and stuff the younger people don't have the maturity like Mm. not just in terms of intelligence that kind of stuff like just the regular boring stuff like do they have 12 roommates or do they live alone or do they have a can they drive themselves places or you know do they have a car um or, you know, do they have enough money to even go on trips with you or stuff like that? So I'm always, I, I'm caught in this weird place that people my age are struggling with their queerness. And I can't fuck with that shit. And the people who can't, who like 21 year olds with like the most fantastic nail paint, the finest jewelry 
and they don't have any hang-ups about that kind of stuff or like even just accepting themselves meanwhile i'm like all right you're cool you're intelligent you're funny you're great everything is fantastic you've you're you're not graduating college you have a job you don't have any money okay um guess this is the thing and i'm not ready to be a sugar daddy because i can barely afford to pay for my shit i'm poor as fuck so and that's like it's I'm stuck. I'm stuck in this weird place that I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. <laughs> Just going to be sitting in the streets waiting for Gen Z to get older. <laughs> honestly, honestly, honest fuckingly, honestly. Or you meet somebody who like has all has all the boring stuff figured out. Maybe they have they have accepted themselves, but they literally just accepted themselves yesterday. Mm. They're like or if they have accepted themselves, then their trauma then becomes their personality, but they're your age, and you're just like, mm, yep. <laughs> you can't win. It's like no matter how you slice it, you just I, I I've always asked myself this. I'm like, am I being too picky? Is there something about me that's just my my expectations unreasonable? And I have to be like, actually, no, they're not. No, they're not. Mm. I just need you to be self sufficient, be able to take care of yourself, have a decent personality, and be good company. Mm-hmm. And intelligent, hopefully. Yeah, I guess I don't really date so much now. <laughs> but as I got older and as I've like seen like my peers like dating getting older, I feel like and again, like I'm talking from a few years back because I've been with the same person now for oh god, a long time. Oh god, a long time. <sighs> a really long time. Um <laughs> <laughs> But I feel like as you get older you know a lot more of what you want. And it is, it is frustrating to like, like, I feel like once I get to the point where I know what I want out of a relationship, it's frustrating to be with people who don't know that. I, I want to know, are we on the same page? Or are we not on the same page? Like, I don't want to waste my time. Right. And so like, it's, it's like a balance of being like, I, f- I still want to be like romantic and like learn about them and da da da. But I also don't want to like sit there and waste my time and find out after I spend a bunch of time with you that it's not, you know. The clock is ticking. Like, d- please don't waste my time. <laughs> right. If I like somebody and I know time is of the essence, as soon as I realize I like that person, I just say it. And I make sure, like, make it very clear. I don't, I'm not saying this to make you uncomfortable, but I've reached the point where I feel like this is the thing. And hopefully they're not too immature and they do fine. What they should say back is they haven't reached that point yet. I'm like, all right, we can keep going. Or if you absolutely know that you're never going to reach that point, Let's end it now. And I will never, like, if I don't, if somebody even, like, asks me, do you like me? And I don't, I'm not, especially if I haven't reached that point yet, I'm like, no. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> People sometimes don't voice their expectations. I don't get that. Yeah. I'm not a romantic person. I think that's been clear. I've said that many times. <laughs> but I'm not inconsiderate. Yeah. That's the one thing I'm not. Like, if you tell me this is what you expect, I'm like, okay, see, here's the thing. That's not the kind of person that I am. I won't do that. But... This is like, you don't call me when you need a shoulder to cry on. You call me when you need an actual feasible solution to a problem. Yeah. I will help with that. If you need a shoulder to cry on, forward you to somebody else. Yeah. I, that's, I can't help you there. But like you call me and you say, oh, my car broke down. I was like, okay, uh, do you need me to call you AAA? Do you need me? I'm not going to be like, oh my God, that's so terrible. How's that helping anybody? How is that? Or you come home and you say uh, something about your day. I was like, oh, how do I help you make sure that that doesn't happen any other day? As opposed to, 
sit down and tell me about it. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, but these are the kind of things that, like, I feel like if people's expectations are that, you know, they'll come home and then I will be very upfront and say, oh, I can't meet those expectations. For me to meet those expectations, that would fundamentally require me to do more work. <laughs> I can't do that. So, yeah, but I usually get along with people who they, you know, they voice their expectations very well. And even if their expectations aren't something I'm willing to give, they can respect. Because I feel like I make a lot of concessions. I see somebody, I do my quick assessment. I'm like, oh, they're bad with money. I'm like, okay, one of two things is happening. I'll be chill with them, but like, I'm never going to mix money up with them. I, I will make a concession like, okay, I'll still spend time with you, but like, you're terribly terrible with money like we're not having a joint account <laughs> however i'm great company i'll hang out with you that's it Ugh, this is another one just like the list of red flags has gone up as i've gotten older which i think sometimes i think sometimes it causes me to or i guess not anymore but like caused me to be like a little too cautious and maybe not give people as much of a chance but let's yeah. see red flags like when someone is too clingy and when they don't like respect answers I give them. Like if I say no to something and they seem to not like take me seriously or not respect what I'm saying in a straightforward way, even if they're right. trying to be like cute about it, like, no, like, no. At a certain age, I don't make excuses for people anymore. And I'm not willing to teach anybody mm. how to X, whatever X is. Red flags, bad hygiene, mm. I'm not dealing with that. Yep. I don't care. You know this nonsense people do the way they wanna kiss you and they have bad breath? <laughs> now, when I was younger, I would try to dodge it or like maybe just a, a slight peck and then move away as fast as possible. Now you have bad breath. I'm telling you you have bad breath. <laughs> I'm telling you, if I step into somebody's house and they wear shoes indoors, I can't date that person. Because I can't... Un that habit that you have, do you know how many... I'm going to seem like a nag if I... Yeah. If you start dating me and you know what I mean? I don't want to yeah. be a nag. I... I can't change anybody's behavior at this point. I don't want to be that person. Mm -hmm. Not even like some people say, you know, how they treat servers and stuff like that. No, that is important. If you treat servers terribly, we're not dating. Yeah. But also, not. I've been in the car with someone, like we we're driving to go on a whatever dinner or something, and someone else called them and they answered the phone. And while I was sitting there, they lied about where they were on the mm, phone. Interesting. I was like, I've never seen you again. Because one of two things, if you knew you didn't want to tell the person where you were, don't answer the phone. You picked up and then lied. And I was yeah. right there. This is the thing, though. I've always been so curious. I think at a certain age, the lying has to drastically reduce. Because the mm -hmm. fundamental reason why people lie is because they're afraid of the consequence of telling the truth. But if you are an adult, you should have already been independent enough where there should be very few consequences of telling the truth. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if you're an adult and you're just going out for drinks or whatever, and somebody calls you and be like, yeah, I'm going out for drinks. What are you going to do, beat my ass? Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so, like, those kinds of behaviors, I'm like, uh-uh. We're not messing with that. Hypermasculinity. Oh, hypermasculinity. Yeah. Absolutely. No, anything that seems like hypermasculinity is one of them. Like, just, you'll get people that just, like, have something that's, like, so exaggerated about them that it's, like, clearly, like, a, sh a shield for some kind of insecurity. Like, I feel like queer people do this, too, right. and, like, they're just, like, over the top, like, gay is my personality. Like, that always feels like a shield for something. And, like, I'm I'm not I'm not here to uncover whatever is under that shield. Like, <laughs> there's this series of TikToks of this guy. It's, like, trying to assess someone you're dating. It's, like, 
So earlier today, I was at a Black Lives Matter protest, and then I went to a restaurant where they pay their employees a living wage. <laughs> like I, I just like and okay. like stares into the camera. <laughs> like, let me just bring up anything that might get a reaction, and like just suss this all out right now. Like, are you gonna say something racist to me? I don't believe anybody's nice, and if somebody describes you as nice, one of two things is true. <laughs> Either you are very uninteresting. And that's the least way that, like, that's the l lowest hanging fruit they can use to describe you. Or if they actually think you're nice, you are a fake bitch. A <laughs> fake bitch. And I said what I fucking said. Nobody's nice. Nobody is nice. I don't believe that. So if you meet somebody who is trying very hard to be the most woke person and is doing the most. Mm. Mm-mm. Yeah. You know, people who like just, you know, bleeding heart. They just feel like everything is just, my dear, it's not that serious. It's not that deep. They kind of pick me behavior, for lack of a better term, where they want so badly to be liked. And they think that always saying the most acceptable or the most, first of all, you can believe that stuff, but you having to mention it at every turn. Who are you impressing? Me? Yeah. <laughs> I'll give a fuck. In gay dating, the first thing that happens is sex. If the sex is good, then you get to know the person. <laughs> Actually, if the sex is good, then you find out their name. When you find out their name, then you figure out if you like their personality, if they're a good person. If they're a good person, then you move accordingly. Oh, but, yeah, no. Sex is the first thing that happens. Like, And the thing is, gay men are not like shy about like, oh, let's wait a reasonable amount of time. Because yeah. here's the thing, right? Because, and I think that that's probably one of the good things about gay dating is this very prudish expectation mm -hmm. that you know you do all these things uh, all the dating things as a build-up to sex there is no build-up <laughs> like there's you know how you, you, yeah. you, you know you start talking to a girl you take her out on dates and because you know oh my god i'm, I'm gonna have sex. Yeah. gay people they've already fucked on day one that's already out of the question <laughs> so now there's if you're not comfortable with it, just don't engage with it. But other people judging them for their, I, I don't care. It's, it's not my business. I really don't care. Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, there is not. I don't believe even with the, the engagement thing, though. I think um, I judge that more than I do the sex thing simply oh, yeah. because I, I judge that so hard. I don't know if that's ever going to change because marriage is a contractual agreement. Yeah. Think about this critically before you jump in. So think about it, really. Yep. But sex, it's a pleasurable thing. You both are consenting to it. It's a if if you fuck the person and you don't like their personality, you don't have to date them. You don't have to marry them. It's not right. How do you know when a relationship goes from casual dating to boyfriend slash girlfriend slash significant other? I mean, ideally, like we've been talking about, you bring it up and say, "I really like you." I mean, there's not, I feel like there's not a good phrase. I was trying to phrase this question. I was like, the only phrase I can think of is like going steady, <laughs> which sounds so outdated, I hate but that like, phrase. you hate it. I hate it. What the fuck does it even mean? Going steady? Were we going rough know. before? Like, we're going rough. <laughs> there's also like, you talked about like, what does it even mean to make that transition? Like in queer relationships, like if, you know, if you're intending to stay in an open relationship, like that. Like, for some people, that transition point is, like, we're exclusive. But for others, it's not. Right. Like, that's either that's never going to be true or, like, you're very emotionally committed before you decide to be exclusive. Like, I feel like a lot of people equate those two things and they're not they're not always the same for every couple. I don't know. I don't there's I don't have a good answer to this. 
But I will say, you know how they, everybody says, communication is key to a good yeah. relationship. <laughs> okay, you know what? I hate that phrasing. But it is true. Yeah. I think I need people to say exactly what they mean. Just like I would say exactly what I mean. I would just ask, can I update my, back when we used to? Oh. Can I update my Facebook status to <laughs> yes. in a relationship? And I'll probably do it in front of you. You know what I mean? That kind of, which yeah. I ne- I've never done that, thankfully. So that concludes our episode on dating. Thanks, everybody, for listening with us today you can find us on twitter instagram and tiktok at big empty purse tweet us message us tell us your worst date stories your red flags as long as they're funny and tell us what you'd like to hear us talk about in the future on next week's episode we'll be talking about it's actually to be determined however you should show up next week we'll be here and we'll definitely let you know then until next time peace peace